log in today. Amen. Well, man, this is our first week of our new sermon series entitled uh, The Real Jesus. Um, my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Stockstill uh, from Bethany Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he recently wrote a book that was released last week called The Real Jesus. So we're partnering with him and other churches across the country to go through that book through the series, through the lens of what is the real Jesus. But before we dive into that, man, happy Mother's Day for all the mothers online and the mothers in the room. Come on, y'all give a hand clap for all the mothers in the room. And I want to give a special Mother's Day to my wife tomorrow. You're such a beautiful mother. You do it so gracefully. Camden couldn't have asked for a greater mother and so thankful for you. And I know for me, Mother's Day is always bittersweet because this is the 12th year that I've been without my mother. So I know the pain of those of you that, man, Mother's Day may not be the greatest because your mother's not here, but I just want to encourage you. Man, think about the great memories of your mom today and just encourage those around you. And if you need peace, if you need healing, just know that God is there for you and he can heal your broken heart. But those tears today, they're okay. I know I might share some today myself thinking about my mother, but she was a great mother and I'm so thankful for her. But uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Amen. Amen. Man, the real Jesus. Uh, man, this is so, this series is going to be so rich. I encourage you, if you hadn't downloaded the book, you can get it on Amazon. If you use Audible, you can get the auto, auto book on um, Audible and Amazon as well. Um, it's a great, great, great read. Uh, but when we talk about the real Jesus, it started to me, it started for me to go back to the beginning. You know, sometimes when you're at the end of something, it's hard to kind of, or you're in the middle of something, it's hard to remember why you started it in the beginning. And I started to think back about my relationship with Jesus and how I've grown over the years. And it got me to thinking, man, why do, who do I think Jesus is? And what was my experience with Jesus? And I remember early on, my experience with Jesus was, we come, I come from a very a large church. Uh, I remember we had an auditorium that was 6,000. And I remember different uh, pastors would come in and revival would break out and they would lay hands on people and people would fall out. And my first, very first impression of Jesus as a seven-year-old, I was scared. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I don't want them to touch me because I might fall out and I don't know what will happen. And so as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, I'm thinking, man, ooh, Jesus is real. He's strong. He's powerful. People fall out when they call his name. And so through the lens of a seven-year-old to see that, it was like I was, it, you know, there's a holy fear of awe of God. I don't know if I had that yet. I think I was just afraid. <laughs> I think I was just, I was just scared. And, uh, but it began to transform. And I remember just different areas in my life, different times in my life thinking about Jesus. And there were some points where I felt like maybe if I go to church and I serve Jesus, it'll make my life better. Because I know some people felt like that too. It's like, boy, if I could just go to church, boy, that'll make my, maybe you online, you said, you, the reason you watch it now because you feel like if I could just hear a message about Jesus, it'll make my life better. But I'm sorry to tell you that sometimes it doesn't make your life better. Just going to church alone, just following Jesus alone doesn't make your life better. And then some people had the experience where they felt like their uh, image or their relationship with Jesus was based on their parents. It's like you just believed everything that your parents told you about Jesus. You didn't really know him in a real way. You just heard everything that your parents said or your grandparents said, or some of you, you just heard what the pastor said. It's like everything you know about Jesus solely comes from what the pastor at a church has told you, and that's your experience with Jesus. 
Some of you, we will look back at, um, I was just thinking and reflecting, as I mentioned, but I remember tomorrow. Tomorrow, now, we met at church. I remember we met in the youth group, and the first time we met was kind of awkward because someone weeks prior told me that I met your wife. And, you know, when people say things like that, you're like, man, why are you talking crazy? <laughs> but he was, in this case, he was 100% accurate. So we met each other. We we've met each other at the front of the altar, and I introduced myself. She introduced herself, and I don't think we talked to each other for about years. It was years that we didn't talk to each other again because we felt like I don't want her to think I like her, and she didn't want me to think that I liked her because of this weird, awkward encounter. But what I realized during the process is this, is that God had us on our own personal journey to discover who he was. And that our relationship would end up coming together in a point that I realized who Jesus was in my life. He was real and the same thing for her. And so many times people come to come, come to know Jesus. And back in the youth group, we would see guys with girls all the time. We're like, the only reason they with her is because they just want her. They don't want Jesus. It is like they, they're not really interested in the girl. They're interested, interested in Jesus. And, you know, like I said, we met at church, so I've had to see some guys with tomorrow before. I'm like, he, he's not interested in, in, in Jesus. He's interested in her from afar. And the, same, and the same thing with me. I remember this one time I brought a girl to church, and she was, like, awestruck. And I remember that one encounter. I was like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work because she was more interested in me than she was Jesus. So my point in saying all this is, is to get you in the mind frame of what do you see Jesus? How do you view Jesus? At what lens did you come to introduce? Was it to meet someone? Was it to, if I follow Jesus, I'll gain something in return? If I meet Jesus, it'll just keep me from going to hell or it'll make me a better person or I don't know what it is. What was your introduction, introduction to Jesus? But I realized this is that culture has a way of portraying who Jesus is. You know, culturally, we just have, we're just a Christian nation. If you ask the average American, what, what are you? That's, oh, I'm a Christian. But most times our lifestyle doesn't black, uh, back or reflect a lifestyle of a Christian. It's just culturally that that's the norm that you just identify with culturally here in America is that we're Christian. You know, you can have certain artists sing songs with the choir about Jesus, and you're like, what in the world are they talking about Jesus for? Because you know the lifestyle doesn't reflect the life of those that, that follow Christ. But it's just culturally. Culturally, we celebrate Christmas. But Christmas has become more about presents and the feel of Christmas. Because, you know, Christmas has that great feel, and it just, it just feels good. It's, I don't even know how to describe it, but that, it just, Christmas just feels good. But it's more about the feeling and presents and getting things than it is about Christ. And somewhere along the line, culturally, we've lost who the real Jesus is. In this series, I just want to get back to the mind frame of who is the real Jesus? Because if you ask so many people, people have different opinions about who Jesus is. The disciples' lives were radically changed because they spent time with Jesus. This is what I do know. When you encounter the real Jesus, your life will be radically changed. There's no other way, no other way to put it. I remember my life was radically changed in 2004 when I encountered Jesus for the first time in a real way. It was radically changed. And there was nothing that I could do to shake myself that I needed more of him. And the disciples were the same way. They spent three years following Jesus, seeing him perform all the miracles. Their lives were radically changed because they encountered Jesus in the flesh. Amen? So why is Jesus a big deal? Why is he a big deal? He's the most recognized person in the history of the world. Jesus is the most recognized name and person in the history of the world. 
27% of the world worships him. One-fourth of the world calls him God. 65% of the world knows his name and his face. You know, we have a picture up here of the real Jesus, and it could be debated about who, what he looks like, and if this is what he, but I guarantee you, you see a picture of that picture, people say, oh, that's Jesus. It's like he's the most recognized person in the world. If you Google his name, 862 million search results will come up on the name of Jesus. AC and BC are defined after his life. That's how powerful he is. That's why he's such a big deal. And 2,000 years later, we're all sitting in this room and you're watching online because of Jesus, because of one person. That's why he's so important because there's never been a more polarizing figure in the history of the world than Jesus. So his life had to be a big deal. And through the next few moments, I'm just going to go a little bit deeper in defining who Jesus is. So the first message of today of the series, The Real Jesus, is this. It's called Labeling Jesus. Labeling Jesus. And we're going to stop here. Let's, let's pray. And then we'll read scripture and then we'll go a little bit deeper. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're opening our hearts and ears to hear what you would have to say. Lord, I just pray that any preconceived idea that we have of who Jesus is, that we would just lay it down and receive a fresh revelation from you today and over the next few weeks as we study the real Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in our hearts in the midst of this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Let's read this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 16. We'll start in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. You know, as humans, we love to label things. We're the only species that labels things. You know, some people get labeled. We love to label people. In school, oh, that's the loud one. Oh, oh she's, the, she's the shy one. She, she's the pretty one. He's the athletic one. She's the short one. He's the tall one. And it's like, we love to label people. Oh, that's the oldest. That's the youngest. Oh, that, that's the, the, the crazy one. That's the reserved one. And it's like, we love to put labels on people. But so many times we put labels on Jesus as well. So how do you label Jesus? How do you label Jesus? Do you put a label on him and say that he is God? Is that the label that you put on him? When you imagine your life, when we stand before the throne room of God, who do you envision on the throne? When we all come to that day where we stand before the judgment of God, and you can imagine it and close your eyes, who do you see seated on the throne? How do you label Jesus? How do you see him? Do you see him as just as the only one that you ought to please? When you think about Jesus, is he the only one that you say, you know what, day in and day out, I want to do nothing but be pleasing in his sight? Is that, who, is that how you label Jesus? You know that Jesus, his name actually means this, God saves. Jesus means God saves. There are so many names that we could call God, but there's only one given name that Jesus' name actually means is God saves. We call him Jireh. We call him uh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha. We can call him all these different names, but it's only one name that God the Father gave him, and it's God saves. 
the most important thing about Jesus that we need to know is that salvation comes through him alone. God saves. That's his name. His name means God saves. So that's a little bit about that. But how did people in Jesus' life label him? How did people in Jesus' life, how did they label him? Today, we're just breaking down labeling Jesus, the labels that are on him. How did God the Father label Jesus? He labeled him like this. He said, this is my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. And you know, I bet it, I, I bet it brought great joy to Jesus, uh, for God the Father to look down on his son and say, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. My beloved son. Think about how proud you are of your children when they do something great. But just think about how much more God the Father in heaven looked down on his son and, and showed to a crowd of witnesses, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. That's how God the Father labeled Jesus. Everything that God wanted to say to humanity, he used Jesus to do it. Think about what a great honor and privilege that is that everything that God wanted to speak to us, to humanity, he used Jesus to do it. That one chosen vessel, the one isolated person in the world, he could have picked anyone, but he chose Jesus to speak to us in a real powerful way. That's how great Jesus is. That's how God the Father labeled him. How the disciples labeled him. We just read, Peter said, you are the Messiah. Thomas, we know we like to call him Doubting Thomas. He said, my Lord, my Lord. When he put his hands in his side, as the disciples spent time with him, he called him my Lord, my God. When he felt that, he said, Peter, I'm, I'm sorry, Thomas, put your hands on my side. And when he did that, he said, oh, my Lord, my God. That's who you are. As the disciples spent time with Jesus, their faith grew in him more and more each and every day. That's how the disciples labeled him. How did the demons label him? You know, demons know the name of Jesus as well, right? How did the demons label him? In Mark chapter 3, verse 10, Mark 3, verse 10, it says, He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. And whenever they, possessed by, they were possessed by evil spirits, caught sight of him, the spirits would throw them to the ground in front of him, shrieking, You are the Son of God. So even the demons recognized him as the Son of God. So we're still talking about labeling Jesus. How do people view Je The demons know who he is. They said, you are the son of God. When he went to the man, the, uh, the man lead with uh, a legion of demons, the, he instantly recognized him and says, please, son of man, please take, just take the, let me go into all uh, these pigs so that I could go somewhere else. And he did that, but they obeyed him because why? They recognized him as the son of man. How did the world label Jesus? They labeled him as a madman. They labeled him as the resurrected prophet of, like Elijah. They recognized him as a good teacher. They labeled him as uh, a good teacher. And the world is still trying to figure out how to label Jesus. There's so many different varying opinions of who people think Jesus is still to the day, this, this day. But this is what I love about Jesus. This is how he labeled himself. And everything that I love about Jesus is this and how the world Jesus doesn't change who he is. I know people say, well, it's 2021. Get with the times. Well, guess what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. We don't, uh, he doesn't adjust to the times. We adjust to him. It's like, so whatever our varying opinions on him is, he doesn't change. His word doesn't change. His word doesn't adapt to culture. Culture will try to tell you, oh, we're moving forward. People can be who they want to be. Jesus says, my word is my word. Yes, yes. We adapt to his word, not to our opinions. Mm -hmm. 
And so many times the culture, and that's why culturally we can't follow culture because culture is always shifting. Culture is always changing. And culture is always drifting further and further away from Jesus because they know when they say the name of Jesus, that means accountability. That means I have to give an account for the way that I live. And people don't want to do that. So we throw these labels on, oh, he's just a good teacher. He has some good teaching. C was a good person. But we don't want to surrender to him because that's accountability where we have to give an account for our life. And so we start slapping labels on Jesus. But this is how Jesus labeled himself. He said, when they asked him, who do you say you are? He says, I am. He says, I am. He says, I am the bread of life. You, ever, you will never hunger and thirst in your soul. Ever, every hungry, hunger and thirst in your soul can never be satisfied without Jesus. That's why he says, I'm the bread of life. That longing that you have inside of you that you feel like I'm never satisfied. Nothing is ever good enough. You know, when you get that first job, the new job, that new job excitement, eventually that new job excitement wears off. And then you're like, man, what do I do now? That emptiness that you feel, that void that you feel of purpose, what is that? You need the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you partake of me, if you eat of me, you will never thirst and hunger again. He's the bread of life. He says, I'm the light of the world. Outside of Jesus, it's darkness. If you're confused, lost, or conf confused, lost, or just disjointed, come into the light of Jesus. Outside of Jesus, the world is very dark. It's very dark out there outside of Jesus. He says, I am the light. Come into him. If you're confused, come into the light of Jesus. He wants to illuminate the truth before you. He wants to illuminate a path before you that won't leave you in confusion. You know why we stay in confusion? Because we stay in darkness. Come into the light. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the door. There is only one door to get to Jesus. That's, I'm sorry, to get to God. That's through Jesus. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Meaning that I'm not going to force my way in, but I will knock. And I know at one point or another, we've all felt that knock on our heart. Because I remember that knock when I used to feel it on my heart when I was younger. I used to run. I said, I'm going to go to another door. Because <laughs> I, I don't want that knock. Because <laughs> I know what that knock means. But he stands at the door and he knocks. He says, I am the door. There's only one way through the Father. That's through me. And all paths don't lead to Jesus. He is the door. I am the good shepherd. If you need a shepherd for your soul, it's Jesus. You know, some of us, we just need someone. You, I just feel discouraged. I need someone to lead me. He is the good shepherd. He cares about your soul. He cares about the condition of your heart. He also calls himself, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. If you want immortality, if you want to live forever, you come to Jesus. Jesus is the answer. I know a lot of us, we feel like I don't know what happens when I die. But to put, your, uh, to put it in plain terms, go to Jesus. Don't leave any doubt. I'd rather be, I would rather live my life thinking that there is an eternity and be wrong, I mean, be right, than not think about it and be wrong. Because, you know, some there's purgatory and there's all this. No, if you want immortality, if you want to live forever, trust in Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to eternal life. We just talked about the living forever. He's the only way to that. There's only one person in the history of the world that can give you eternal life. That's Jesus. In other words, Jesus is the truth. He's the truth. There is a, there is, in our lives, Jesus is the truth. Jesus doesn't change with the times. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, as I mentioned before. Jesus doesn't change, but we want him to change for us. 
We want him to change to our emotions. We want him to change to our desires. But Jesus, I just laid out a list of things that Jesus labeled himself as. I feel like that's what we should follow. That's the real Jesus. That's the real Jesus. Those things. Jesus, does he care about your soul? Does he care about your feelings? Yes, but he wants you to surrender them to him. The last thing he said is this. He says, I am the vine. If you don't stay connected to him, you will shrivel up and die. If you stay connected to him, you will have life. You know, there's, I talked about when you get in the middle of something, then you can kind of figure out how did I get here. But at the beginning of your Christian walk, boy, you were on fire. You couldn't wait to go to church. You couldn't wait to tell people about Jesus. But somewhere along the way, you kind of got disconnected from the vine and that, vine and that same fire, that same passion. It kind of wore off a little bit. But as long as you stay connected to the vine, you'll always be passionate about Jesus. You'll always feel this source of life. Does that mean that everything will be perfect? No, but it also means that you will always have joy. You'll always have peace. All those things that we desperately want, that we feel, how do I do it? Stay connected to the vine. He says, I am the vine. Amen? Amen. So how do you label Jesus? Back to that question again. How do you label Jesus? I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, Jesus claimed to be God. His claim is either true or false. If it is true, then ipso facto, he is God. If the claim is false, then either he said, he said it knowing it was false, in which case he is a liar, or he said it not knowing it was false, in which case he was mad. Therefore, we are left with three logical opinions. He is either God or a liar or a lunatic. So is God a liar? Is he a lunatic or is he God? He's God. He's alive. He's the resurrected king. He's the only one that went down to, 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 uh, to the grave and came out on three days. He's the only one to, to do it himself. There's times where Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he was raised from the dead by the one that, only, that can only conquer death. Jesus. He's alive. He's the resurrected king. All paths don't lead to him. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Your relationship with Jesus matters. So what am I trying to communicate today? I want you to see this, that Jesus has to be the center of everything that you do. He has to be the center of everything that you do. Because what I, what I understand in my life is this. Whenever Mario gets in the way, guess what? My relationship and my perspective of Jesus, it gets slanted. And guess what? I'm not following the real Jesus. I'm making up some Jesus that I made up. I'm following a fictitious Jesus that's not even real. The real Jesus is we, we fit our lives around him. We conform our thoughts and our opinions to his word and what he's spoken to us, not the other way around. That's the real Jesus. So my question today is, is he the center and the focus of your life? When, man, when I was researching this and preparing for this, I had to be honest with myself and like, what areas of my life is he not the center and the focus? What areas do I have more control over than he does? Any area that you have more control over than Jesus, guess what? He's not the king of the throne in your heart in that area. You're leading the way. Why do we get so frustrated so much? Why do we get so confused and disappointed so much? Because we're the real Jesus in our lives, not him. Today is just the day to focus back. Who is Jesus to you? Do you serve the real Jesus? Jesus demands our whole life. People in scripture, they came to this conclusion that whenever they encountered Jesus in a real way, they fell at his feet and they surrendered to him. Every time someone had a true encounter with Jesus, their lives were radically changed, and their lives looked totally different than what it did before. 
And I have to ask myself, Mario, in what ways does your life not look radically touched by Jesus? That's the area of focus for me. I say, you know what, God? I got more to do. I've got more surrendering to do. <laughs> There's a, I hadn't arrived anywhere yet. I know sometimes we feel like, oh, I read this chapter, this book a minute. To, oh, yes, I've arrived. We hadn't arrived anywhere yet, y'all. But we have to make sure that in our lives is Jesus the center and the focus of our lives. You say, why do you keep saying that? Because I want you to get it. Jesus has to be the center and the focus of your life. And all my job as a pastor, all I want to do is to point you back to Jesus. Because you can come to me and I can disappoint you because I don't know everything and I don't claim to. But I want to point you back to the one that no matter who's with you and who's not, you can always go to the one that will never leave you nor forsake you, and that's Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And my job, all I want to communicate today is run to him. Everything that you feel that's not going right in your life, call out to him. Bring it to him. Bring it to, surrender it to him, and he will come and he will answer you. He will heal you. Whatever it is that you need, he's the only one can do that because he is the real Jesus. Jesus. I'm trying to paint a clear picture of who Jesus is. For some of you, Jesus may be bashed over your head and they made it hard for you to get to Jesus. Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Or they tried to make you feel like you had to be perfect to follow Jesus. That's not true either. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to surrender. You just have to have an open heart that says, Jesus, I'm willing to receive you. I'm, really, I'm willing to change. That's all you need. That's all he's looking for. So don't make it complicated, and I don't want to make it complicated. It's a very simple process to get to Jesus. All you have to do is surrender. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. The real Jesus. I hope today was a day that you can look back and you can think about, man, what labels have you placed on Jesus? What filters, what, what, what ways have we placed labels on Jesus that are unrealistic, that he didn't even put on himself, that we just said, you know what, this is who I think Jesus is because it fits our agenda. I want to give an invitation today that before we, I want to give a call to salvation, but before we do that, I just want to pray for everyone in the room. I want to pray for those of you that said, man, if I were to be honest, I've put some labels on Jesus. I've been seeing Jesus through the lens of past hurts, past experiences, wrong experiences, just wrong. Man, my image of Jesus is not what you've been talking about today. I just want to give an opportunity just to pray for you today that you say, man, I put false labels on Jesus. And I just want to surrender those false labels today because I want the real thing. I want a true relationship with Jesus. If that's you, before we give a call to salvation, I just want to pray for you. And I just want you to lift your hands, and I want to pray for you today. If you're watching online, I want you to receive this prayer as well. But if you feel like, man, I've had false labels on Jesus, and I want to surrender those today, just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for every person with their hands raised today. I thank you that you're revealing yourself to them in a real, fresh way. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that every lie, every blinder, Every uh, scale of the enemy is falling off right now in the name of Jesus. Every bit of deception, every lie is falling down right now in your presence. And I thank you right now that you're giving us a fresh understanding of who you are. Lord, I just pray over the next few days and even today that you continue to show yourself real to us as we pursue you. 
I thank you, Lord, that, that you're strong and mighty, Lord God, that you're real in our life and that we won't feel like we can hoard anything back or keep it from you, but that we willingly let it go and surrender all to you today. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to just ask everyone just to keep their head bows and their eyes closed. And, man, we're talking about the real Jesus and talked about putting labels on Jesus. But if you were to be honest, if you're in the room or you're watching online, you would say, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not following him. So how can I know who he is if I don't follow him? If I don't, I don't, I hadn't made that commitment to, to live for him. And I'm not trying to pressure anyone because Jesus, he doesn't pressure you. But I do want to give an open invitation if you feel like, man, I want to come to a right relationship with Jesus today. I want to know him and experience him in a real way. Something that I desperately need. I want that today. And again, I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm just trying to give you an invitation to know the real Jesus. And if you would say, I want to know Jesus in a real way. I want to have a right relationship with him. I just want you to lift your hands with no one looking around. Just lift your hands. Amen. Amen. You online, if you say, man, I want to come into a right relationship with Jesus, I want you guys just to do this. I want you to place your hand over your heart, and I want everyone online and in the room just to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, I lay down my life to you. I surrender it all today. All the labels, all the excuses, I lay it down and surrender today. Jesus, come into my heart. Let me experience you in a real way. I love you, and I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap for those that made a decision to follow Christ today. Man, I'm so proud of you, and if you made a decision to follow Christ, if you're watching online, drop a comment in the comment section, whether you're watching live right now or later. Let us know that you made that decision. We love to reach out to you and pray for you. And if you're in the room, if you look in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, uh, there's a, a, I made a decision. Just fill that card out and drop it in the bucket uh, during offering time when we'd love to connect with you. Let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow God. Man, that was week one of labeling, of the real Jesus labeling Jesus. I pray today that, man, we take the labels off, amen. Man, we want to welcome you to join us this Wednesday for prayer. Uh, we'll be here at 6.30, one-hour prayer from 6.30 to 7.30. It's going to be an awesome time. Invite someone with you. The presence of God always shows up. We have a great time. But also, we'd like to invite you out next Sunday for week two of The Real Jesus. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers out there. We love y'all. Y'all have a great day. Yeah. Amen. <laughs>